podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode on Friday, July 21st. We're just three weeks away from the Game Week 1 deadline. I hope the tinkering is going well and that you're excited for another season of FPL Madness. Today's episode is 10 tips for FPL success. Hopefully you'll find some of them useful this season. I'm also going to answer a few listener questions at the end of the episode. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening and please leave a review if you get a chance as well. Before I get into the first of the 10 tips, I just want to briefly mention Fantasy Football Scout have a 30% pre-season discount offer at the moment. There's a link for that in the show notes. They've got everything you need for a successful FPL season. Tip number one, have a flexible Game Week 1 squad keeping price points in mind. So again, one of the most important aspects when you're building a Game Week 1 squad, it's great fun, you know, moving players in, moving players out. But when you come to finalising your draft, you know, a couple of days before or the day before or the day of Game Week 1, big question you need to ask yourself, is this squad flexible? And is it going to be pretty straightforward for me to make transfers when I have a lot more information about players that are good, that are not even in my thoughts for this Game Week 1 squad? So price points is something that can help you to keep a squad flexible. For example, Trent Alexander-Arnold is the most expensive defender in the game. So if you do pick him in Game Week 1, you can obviously go to any other defender later if Trent doesn't prove to be good value. You've got this, you can say the same about Salah in midfield. And again, a good example of a price point that I'm thinking about is the 8 million price point in the forwards. My first draft had in Kunku from Chelsea, but I prefer spending an extra 0.5 million, getting 8 million forward like a Jesus or a Watkins, proven assets. And then that 8 million price bracket can become anyone else, you know, at 7.5 or 7 after a couple of game weeks. So when you finalize your squad for game week one, ask yourself, is it flexible? Is it going to be easy to make transfers within certain positions in your team or is it too inflexible? Again, a healthy spread of cash is what you're looking for here. And when I say a healthy spread of cash, you know, I don't mean, you know, spend equally, you know, your budget across all four positions because every season's different and you know, some positions will be more attractive than others with each passing season. For example, this season there seems to be a lot of options in midfields. So you might want to spend a little bit extra there this season. And again, you know, goalkeeper position, for example, I will very likely just go for a 4.5 starting goalkeeper and a 4 million on the bench. So 8.5 million tied up in the goalkeeper position. So I've got all the other cash for the outfielders. So a flexible team structure, keeping price points in mind is tip number one. Tip number two is look ahead to see what your team will look like in future game weeks. I've put this tip in here mainly for myself because I think if there's one weakness in my game, this is something I don't do enough of. And I think probably the last few seasons have played a part in that because of COVID and stuff like that. We kind of didn't look as far ahead as we usually would in a normal season, which we hope this one will be. We hopefully will be able to plan ahead with transfers and stuff 
this season more than the last three or four campaigns. So look ahead to see what your team will look like in future game weeks. It's frustrating that the FPL website doesn't allow us to do this. Now you can do you can do it manually with a pen and paper, which which is what I've done in the past. But thankfully now we've got some great websites out there, and I want to shout out FPL.team. This is a website I don't use enough, and I plan to use it a lot more this season. Basically, you can plug in your FPL team ID, and it'll show your team for this game week. And then you very simply press next, and it'll show you the next game week, and the next game week, and the next game week. And what that does, it will it'll kind of highlight maybe game weeks where your team might be looking a little bit weak in certain positions. What I find, the trap I fell into a couple of times last season, you know, I'll have three defenders that I really like. I'll plan to start them every game week. And then, you know, fast forward three or four game weeks, you get to a game week where your three defenders play Man City, Liverpool and Arsenal, which is not great on paper. So it's good to look ahead. It kind of helps you with the fixtures as well. And it just pinpoints areas of your squad that might be a little bit weaker in certain game weeks. And that will help shape your transfers in the lead up to that. So tip number two, look ahead to see what your team will look like in future game weeks. And a great website for that is fpl.team. Tip number three, play the fixtures, use a fixture ticker or create your own. For me, fixtures are above everything else, you know, form, whatever else is happening. The first thing I always look at when I'm building a game with one team or making transfers is a fixture ticker. Now, there's lots of fixture tickers out there. Obviously, there's a very basic FDR fixture you know, rating system on the FPL website with, you know, color schemes and stuff like that. But you can get much better ones elsewhere. And some people just like to build their own. And then you can kind of adjust it throughout the season because you might have a team that you think is very weak in game week one, let's say a promoted team. Then they start the season very well. And you can kind of adjust that in terms of difficulty for teams playing against them and stuff like that as well. So fixtures are... Number one for me, they dictate almost everything that I do. Obviously, you want a player to be delivering points as well and showing a bit of form. But for me, it's fixtures and you can have a player, you can have any player who blanks in five game weeks in a row. But if he has three or four good fixtures coming up, that is when fixtures can turn into form and turn into FPL points. So fixtures spend a lot of time with them make sure you know you know when the fixture turns are for certain teams and when it comes to game week one we don't have any information on the season just yet but we have all the fixtures so i will be leaning heavily on the opening probably four to six game weeks of fixtures when i'm building my game week one team and when you see my squads when i stick it on twitter on that friday of game week one you'll be able to probably go through each pick and you'll say right he's got good fixtures he's got good fixtures he's got good fixtures because that is you know the core way that i build my team for the opening game week again probably the first four game weeks it's quite a natural one because there's an international break between game week four and game week five so i'll be leaning heavily on the first four game weeks building a squad with players who've got favorable fixtures and then of course after a few weeks i will reassess that and decide you know which what is actually a good fixture for a team and i like to kind of break it down what's a good fixture for a defender and what's a good fixture for an attacker but you might want to do it in different ways or in more detail or you might just want to keep it a bit more simple but yeah fixtures very important play the fixtures target players who've got good runs of fixtures and then maybe jump off them again when things get tricky Tip number four is note down your early transfer thoughts early in the week and then refer to them on Friday or Saturday when you're making your transfer. So before I get into the note and things down, 
I said there refer to them on Friday or Saturday. Again, I guess that's kind of a bonus tip. I always tend to make my transfers on a Friday night or a Saturday morning. I much prefer having all of the information from the press conferences, all of the information from the midweek European action in case there's injuries and stuff like that before I make my transfers later in the week. Now, sometimes, more so towards the start of the season, we can be forced into making transfers on a Sunday night or a Monday night due to you know players rising in price or players falling in price. But as we get into the season, I think it's a good approach to get all of the information and then make your transfers later in the week rather than trying to chase value and build team value. So note down your transfers early in the week. So let's say the game week's just finished on a Sunday evening or a Monday evening. What is your initial gut instinct on what you will do with your team? First question I always ask is, can I bank a transfer this week? So that will be option one. Option two will be, you know, What's the first transfer that comes to mind? What's the second transfer? So maybe three or four options. Maybe rank them in order. Maybe on a post-it note or note them in your phone. Take a screenshot or whatever. And then come back to that when you're making your transfers on Friday or Saturday. Because the way the world of FPL is now, there's a good chance you'll probably listen to a few podcasts during the week. Watch a few YouTube videos. You might be reading some content. You know, catching up on games. And your thinking will completely change from Monday to Friday. So it's good to have that first reference point. Go back to it. Ask yourself, you know, if you're thinking about making a transfer on a Friday, if it's totally different from what you were thinking on Sunday, just ask yourself, why is it different? Has my thinking been clouded or is this genuine? And has my has my mind changed for good reason? You know, maybe there's been some new information during the week. And then, of course, it's absolutely fine to change your mind. But good to have... A reference point from your initial gut instinct because what I found in FPL over the years your initial gut instinct is usually not far off and again you'll have less regrets in FPL if you go with your own kind of feelings and gut instincts rather than following others so tip number four note down your early transfer thoughts maybe as soon as the game week finishes then have a look at them when you're making your transfers later in the week Tip number five is use the watch list feature on the FPL website and update it weekly or maybe update it every four weeks, whatever suits you. The watch list feature is something I've always used as long as I can remember on the FPL website. If you're on the, I'm not sure if it's on the app. I don't really use the app. I usually go on a desktop or on the mobile uh, version of the website. If you go to the transfers page on the FPL website, if you click on all players, the little drop-down box, you'll see a little watch list section. If you click that, obviously there'll be nothing there to begin with, but you can click on any player profile on the FPL website if you fancy them. Click at the bottom, it will say add to watch list, and then that's how you find it. So what I do is, quite simply, after each game week, and like I said, you might not have time to do this. Um, You might do it maybe every international break or something like that. Go in, I go through all 20 teams, just go alphabetical order. I sort by round points, so what they've scored in the most recent game week. And then I just add players that I think I might buy in the near future. My watch list, you know, I don't put a set number on it, but usually it tends to be maybe 20 to 25 players. And what I find, it just gives me tunnel vision. And when it comes to making my transfers on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, I will only ever buy a player from my watch list, which helps me avoid getting sucked into bandwagons, maybe on Twitter or social media and stuff like that, or something I've heard elsewhere. I really just focus on the players that I like that are on my watch list. And it just helps me, like I said, to give me that tunnel vision and helps me to avoid you know, falling into traps that maybe I hadn't been thinking about all week. Because very often it happens 
Um, there'll be a player who kind of gathers up a bit of steam on a Friday morning, Friday afternoon, and then all of a sudden, almost every player, every person you see on social media is buying that player. And very often what I find is that player is not on my watch list. So that makes the decision for me. If they haven't been in my thoughts before Friday, they're not going to be coming into my FPL team. So it's just it's quite a nice feature. It's kind of like a little scouting feature for yourself. Uh, almost kind of feels a bit like, you know, football manager, championship manager. You've got your little list of targets and then you'll kind of pick and choose from them as you can throughout the season. Tip number six, minimize transfers and points hits. So again, if I go back to my most successful FPL seasons, I remember making maybe around 39 or 40 transfers over the course of the whole season. Now, in recent seasons, most of us on average have probably been making more transfers because we've had postponements to deal with. We've had players catching COVID and missing games to deal with and all that kind of stuff. So don't worry about you know how many transfers you've made in the last three or four seasons because all of those seasons were not normal. And like I said, we're hoping this is going to be an uninterrupted season, although we've already got a blank game week two because Burnley and Luton are not playing. But again, two teams that won't affect our game week one squad too much. Minimise transfers is kind of an overall strategy that I've used quite a lot. So quite often what I'll do going into a season, I'll type out an A4 sheet of paper, with an overall strategy and then kind of bullet points under that. And I'll just keep that in my office, in the house, and kind of refer to it again every Friday when I'm making my transfers. And I remember a couple of times, just my overall strategy, the title on the page was minimize transfers. Um, so I kind of aim to make about 40 transfers over the course of a season. Now, if I'm slightly under or slightly over, I don't worry about it too much because you've got to kind of a, you be flexible in that as well because situations will arise where... You might have to make a few more transfers. You know, if you do have a lot of double game weeks and stuff like that, obviously that number of transfers is going to rise. But again, thinking back, I think, I you know, 38, 39, 40 transfers and I managed to have some very, very successful seasons. And I also didn't take too many points hits in those seasons. Now, points hits, some people will say they're fine. Some people will say you need to avoid them. It's completely, you know, down to how you play the game. But the way I think about points hits is... If I manage my squad well on a weekly basis, I shouldn't have to take too many. Uh, and I'll obviously be quite open to taking them around blank game weeks and double game weeks. But in a regular game week, I try not to take points hits if I can at all. You know, there's a couple of ways that you can do that to help you to avoid taking points hits is, you know, roll a transfer as often as you can. Uh, for those of you who are new to the game, if you don't make a transfer, you, know, you get two free transfers the week after, which is quite useful. You can be quite flexible with the transfers you make then and you'll extra week information as well. So roll a transfer as often as possible. If you've got no major issues in your squad, you know, don't make a transfer just for the sake of it. And like I said earlier, that first question I ask myself every game week is, can I bank a transfer this week and then have more flexibility the week after? And again, the big one is fix the weakest link in your squad. If you if you fix the weakest link often, you will more often not be in a strong position going into a game week. Um, you might be able to target players that others can't because they're still fighting the fires in their team that maybe they ignored more than you did. So again, it's very hard to get an edge in FPL. I remember reading a great book a couple of years ago called The Slight Edge. And it's just about, you know, doing those small things on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And over time, you know, they're very, very effective. So if you look at your team each week, if you ask yourself, what is the weakest link? 
and if you try and fix it as often as you can, you will leave yourself with a very healthy looking squad for most of the season. And you know, maybe you won't have the wild card when other people do. And you'll always be the aim is to try and be kind of one or two steps ahead of the pack. And if you do fix your weak weakest link often, that will allow you to be one or two steps ahead of the rest of the pack. So tip number six, minimize transfers and points hits if you can. Tip number seven is a very important one. Stay calm after a bad beat. So basically going into a season, and again, if you're new to the game, there will be game weeks where you are unlucky. Simple as that. There's a lot of luck involved in this game. You'll hear a lot of people talking about variance. It's football isn't, you know, we're trying to predict an unpredictable sport. So always remember that. You will have some Fridays you'll go in looking at your team on paper and you'll think this team is going to score 100 points and that team could score 19 points. It has happened. It will happen again. The same team could score 100 points the week after. So don't overreact after a bad game week. Bad game weeks are part of the game. Don't knee jerk. You can be sitting on a Sunday evening. You could be seeing lots of people posting 100-point scores on Twitter. You could have 40 points. You can be feeling down. You'll be feeling like, I need to do something to fix this. I'm going to make an early transfer. I'm going to make two early transfers. Just stop yourself. Just log out of the website. Log out of Twitter as well. You don't want to be looking at good scores when you've had a bad game week. And just come back to it in a couple of days' time. So very, very important. Go into the season and just accept that you're going to have bad game weeks and say to yourself, you know, before they happen, that I'm if, if I do and when I do have a bad game week, I'm going to stay calm. I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to make transfers. I'm going to let things calm down for a couple of days and I'll come back to it again on Thursday or Friday. So very, very important to manage yourself in FPL as well as your FPL team. When you have a shocker, even if it's game week one, stay calm because the same team, the same team can perform extremely well just a few days later. Tip number eight keep the chips for the second half of the campaign so we've got a bench boost chip a triple captain chip and a free hit chip again more so for people who are new to the game but again a reminder for ourselves as well keep those chips for the second half of the season now some people do call wild cards chips as well wild cards are different because you get one for the first half of the season and one for the second half so obviously don't forget to use your first one at some point during the first half of the season. But as for the others, in a normal season, we will have, during the second half of the season, it's more so the final third of the season, we will have game weeks, which are double game weeks, which is where some teams play more than once. So those weeks are good for a triple captainship. For example, you can triple captain Haaland's when he plays two games rather than one game and likewise with a bench boost you can try and set up a bench boost with players who will play twice rather than just once the free hit chip again can be used in a, in a double game week or it can be used to navigate a blank game week when we might only have three or four fixtures in one game week so keep the chips for the second half of the season tip number nine again an important one something i think i deal with well but a lot of others don't keep your allegiances aside forget about your allegiances if you support a premier league team or if you have you know strong connections to a premier league team or if you hate a premier league team forget about it if you want to be successful in fpl if you want to do well in your mini leagues if you want to get a good overall rank you've got to put all that aside uh, and i find that i play the fantasy scotland game and it's a very good example i've done quite well in fantasy scotland uh, a couple of times 
And one of the main reasons I've done well is because you'll get Celtic fans who won't pick Rangers players, and you'll get Rangers fans who won't pick Celtic players. So again, I'm a Celtic fan, but I know if you want to do well in FPL, you've got to put things aside and pick the best picks in the game. So always remember that with FPL. If you are a Luton fan and you're very excited about them coming to the Premier League, just be excited about them coming to the Premier League. Don't put three of them into your FPL team. You know, maybe you might be able to squeeze one in, stick them third on your bench. But yeah, you've got to put your allegiances aside. I often see even some of the best managers in the world, they struggle with this. They obviously are maybe season ticket holders. They go to a lot of games. And then when it comes to their FPL team, it can go both ways. You can you can be optimistic about your team or you can be pessimistic. They might want to have lots of players in their team if they're going to it. Or they might want to you know, just avoid them altogether because it's stressful enough going to watch their team every Saturday or every Sunday. So it can be difficult. I'm a Manchester United fan. I'm not a hardcore Manchester United fan, so I find this a bit easier than others. Um, but again, you've got to just forget about the team you support when you're making your FPL picks. Because again, if you want to have a good season, you can't really have too much emotion involved with your selection. So try to put your feelings aside like I said, that's whether you love a team or whether you hate a team. Again, I see a lot, you know, Arsenal and Tottenham fans. You'll get Tottenham fans who maybe struggle to pick Arsenal players, but, you know, last season's a good example. Saka, Odegaard, Ben White, you know, fantastic FPL picks. you got to just swallow your pride, stick these guys in your team. Maybe just forget they're there, pick up the points and just keep smiling. Final tip number 10, the most important tip of all. It should be tip number one and tip number 10. Have fun. FPL is a game to be enjoyed. It's a game to enhance your enjoyment of the Premier League. There's, you know, it's obviously I'm biased. I've been I've been playing it forever and it's my full-time job now. But FPL is a fantastic game. There's so many people at this stage of the season. Um, you'll see them moaning about it, complaining about things, complaining complaining about player prices, fighting fighting about things on Twitter. But again, that's just that's just a social media thing. You know, when you when you break it down, it's a free game. It makes you enjoy, I hope, the Premier League more. You'll watch games that you never would have watched if you don't play fantasy football. Um you know, most people I think who play this, they play it because at least the first time they played it, they enjoyed it. They thought this was fantastic. Uh, and always remember that because it's easy to get caught up in the in the, in the negativity about the game and if you're on social media and all that kind of stuff um, you know the best tip is just stay away from social media in general as much as you can I certainly wouldn't be on Twitter if I didn't need to be there for, for my job so avoid social media as much as you can and just remember that Fantasy Premier League is such a great game it's free it enhances your enjoyment of the Premier League don't put too much pressure on yourself to do well um, you know if you're in mini leagues or if you strive for a good overall rank don't worry about it because in the grand scheme of life it doesn't matter uh, whether you finish 5k or 555k you know don't let that impact your daily life uh, and your relationships and all that kind of stuff and again on this have fun thing play it your way you know don't copy people if you're copying people you know just don't bother playing because i mean why are you playing anyway if you're just going to copy people and maybe you might want to try and win some cash in your mini leagues but copying people's dangerous anyway because you can copy a content creator and they could have a terrible season uh, and then you know what was the point copying so uh, again, the template, you know, I would say don't copy the template, try and beat the template that's there to be beaten. Um, you know, the template probably won't win FPL, so try and get one or two steps ahead of it. Again, yeah, play it your way. If you want to play differently, if you want to play without Haaland and stuff like that, if you want to, you know, play a different play style, do it your way. Do what gets you the most enjoyment out of the game. 
And during the season, if you find yourself getting frustrated with FPL, overly frustrated, you know, take some steps, recognize it, and you know, find a way to enjoy it a bit more. And again, there'll be a very tiny, tiny percentage of people listening to this that maybe at some point this season will will get in too deep, get too frustrated, get too obsessed, and just you know, you need to recognize that. And if that does happen, send me a message, and I'll have a chat with you. Um, you know, you might just need to take a break from the game. And at the end of the day. You know, taking a break or taking a year out, it could be the best thing you ever do for yourself and for your game. So, yeah, tip number 10. And again, tip number one, have fun, play it your way, and do not put pressure on yourself to do well at this game because there is so much luck involved. So, again, I can't emphasize that enough. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to do well. Every one of us could finish, you know, 2 million rank this season if things don't go our way. So, don't panic if things don't go your way. There's always another season coming up to try and fight back. So that is 10 tips for FPL success. I hope you find some of those useful. Before I get into the question section, just a quick plug for my Patreon. If you'd like to hear more from me during preseason, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you've got extra podcasts, live streams, Q&As and a team reveal before each deadline. You can get that for as little as £2.50 per month. Not only are you getting FPL content, but you're also supporting me in living my dream. This is year five, I think, of being a full-time FPL content creator. I'm very lucky, and it's a big thanks to my patrons and also to people at Fantasy Football Scout for allowing me to do this full-time. So any support there is very much appreciated. Time to answer some listener questions now. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. The first one is from Sweeler. How do you feel about starting the season with a strategy of picking all the highest owned players in each position as a means of playing ultra safe from the outset? Sweeter says you can't win the game in the first few game weeks, but you can very easily lose it. To be honest, I don't I don't hate this approach. I'm someone who's kind of preached over the years that you know I don't tend to look at player ownership too much, but there's a lot of benefits. You know, you can you can play a very ultra safe game if you do keep an eye on the player ownership, you can kind of protect yourself you can ensure yourself from getting badly hurt by certain players so if you start the season let's say goalkeeper midfielder defender and forward the highest percentage owned player in each position uh, it's probably Haaland it's probably Saka at the moment it's probably Stupinen in defense goalkeeper I'm not sure who that is probably one of the cheaper ones yeah I think that's absolutely fine but I think don't pick them just because they're the highest owned only pick them if you actually believe they're a good pick as well. Um, yes, by all means, play it. You can play it safe and pick a few high-owned players to begin with. But if you think, you know, if you don't believe in them, um, if you don't think they're going to be absolutely fantastic FPL picks and fantastic value, you don't need to go there. Um, because there's opportunity there as well. If you go against an Astupinen, for example, who's probably about 50% owned, if you don't think he's going to keep too many clean sheets or get attacking returns in the first three or four game weeks, there's an opportunity for you to get someone else and get one step ahead of you know 50% of the game. So everyone will treat ownership differently, uh, and that tends to be the way. And you know, I honestly tend to avoid it as much as possible. I have been looking at it a bit more this preseason, just for you know content and stuff like that. Uh, and it's good to have an idea of what the percentages are, but that won't have an impact on my game week one selections. I don't really care if I have a pick in my team that's one percent owned or eighty five percent owned. I'm just Picking players I think are going to get me points. I just keep it simple in FPL. It's always the way I've done it. Um, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. So, But absolutely, if you want to play the ownership game 
and stick with the highest owned players in the game to begin with, you know, it's it is a certain kind of insurance policy that you're buying for yourself. Question from Nathan: Money in the bank is it essential? It's essential in life, but I think I think in FPL it's not essential. It's maybe advisable if you can. I do like zero point five million in the bank when I pick my gimmick one squad, but I'm not going to go out of my way to try and do it. You know, I'm not going to remove a Saka, for example, who I think is a fantastic pick, drop him down to eight million just so I can have zero point five in the bank. If I can, I will have 0.5 in the bank. And I think it's fine to keep more as well. If you've got 1 million, 1.5, 2 million. If you've got a squad that you think, if you've got a 15-player squad that you absolutely love, you think it's as good as it can be, and there's cash left in the bank, just leave it there. Don't spend it for the sake of it, is what I always say. But yes, if you can, 0.5 in the bank is very, very useful. When it comes to Game Week 2 or Game Week 3, when you're making your transfers, very often, because players in FPL are priced at, you know, 0 0.0 million or 0 0.5 million very often someone will go to 0 0.1 or 0 0.6 or one of your players will drop to 0 0.9 and you can you know you're you're 0 0.1 million off for a lot of transfers when you know in the first couple of game weeks so that's why that 0 0.5 million is very very useful so by all means if you can do it yes it's not essential if you build your 15 player squad that you think is optimal for game week one and if there's no cash in the bank don't worry about it you know you'll figure things out as the weeks progress but Yes, if you can, 0 0.5 would be very, very useful. Question from FPL Crusader. Should we focus on a 3-5-2 setup? Big at the back's unlikely to provide big returns and the early game weeks can have more goals and less clean sheets. So in terms of formation, there was a couple of questions about formations, but I'll just kind of plug them all into this one. I always think of it as, you know, a Premier League manager. If a Premier League manager goes to a new team, you know, they don't always play the same formation that they did at their previous team because it depends on what players are there at the new club. And that's what FPL is like. You know, it depends on what the FPL player prices are each season, which kind of dictates what most people will do in terms of formation. You can't really go into a season and say, I'm definitely going to play 3-4-3 three, three this season. You can't do that until you see the player prices. And now that we've had the player prices for a few weeks, I still think... 3-5-2 to me looks great to start the season. I still think there'll be 4-4-2s that I like, but I'm very much leaning towards a 3-5-2 formation. And going back to my tip at the start, it'll be a flexible 3-5-2 formation with price points in mind that I can kind of jump around easily with my first couple of transfers if we need to adjust things. So yeah, don't, don't say I'm definitely going to play X formation or Y formation. Let the players and the fixtures and the player prices dictate the formation. So I almost pick the players first and the formation kind of picks itself. And you've also got, you've got to be, again, flexibility. You'll have hybrid formations. Some people will like playing, you know, rotating their 11th and 12th player. So some weeks you might be 3-5-2, other weeks you might be 3-4-3 or 4-4-2. So, you know, don't get too hung up on formations. They don't really matter that much. Again, as long as your team's flexible, and you're focusing on good picks that you think are good value with good fixtures, that's the best way to approach it. Question from FPL Showroom. What are your thoughts on starting with a budget bench? For example, two 4 million defenders and a 4.5 million striker or midfielder. Gut instinct is I don't like it. 
you usually get what you pay for when you get four million defenders. It's not every year you get a, a Lundstrom or a Juan Bissaka. Also, at the moment, 4.5 million strikers and midfielders. We still don't really have a standout. Hopefully, over the next three weeks, we will have a standout 4.5 striker or midfielder that we can put on our bench. But at the moment, the players that you can pick at 4 million in defence or at 4.5 in the other positions, it just makes a very weak bench. And I, you know, we do get auto subs. Auto subs do happen. You could get. You know, depending on on your on your starting eleven, I think over the last couple of seasons I've probably got something between you know maybe something between eight and ten auto subs over the course of the season, and you don't really want to have a four million defender coming into your eleven, you know, eight to ten times over the course of the season. So I much prefer having a four point five defender, um, and there's plenty of those out there. Um, I know Botman was very popular, but you know the more I look at it, and the more I look at the fixtures, there's others out there as well. You know, maybe a Torres at Aston Villa, for example. You know. Don't just pick Botman because you're here and everyone mention him. Have a look at the fixtures and have a look at the other 4.5s elsewhere as well. And again, that goes back to FPL.team. You know, look at FPL.team. Look at the future game weeks and when will you actually want to start your 4.5 defender? You know, if there's a week, for example, if uh, if one of your core defenders has a tough fixture against Man City or an Arsenal or something like that, that might be a week where you, you might want to plug in a 4.5 defender. So you want to make sure they've got a good fixture that game week. So that goes back to your fixture ticker and it goes back to FPL.team. Um, back to the question. Yeah, I don't like it at the moment, unless a few emerge that are better options. I like having, you know, at least one decent bench option. I, you know, I'm completely fine with one 4 million defender and one 4.5 midfielder or striker. But at the moment, I would like to have a decent 4.5 million defender in that first sub position question from tacky lfc is it too risky to triple up on one team's attacking assets early on in the season i don't think so i quite like it as an aggressive strategy because not too many people will do that um, you know arsenal comes to mind here arsenal have good fixtures uh, but i've kind of naturally picked a defender midfielder and a forward in my latest draft i think it's gabriel saka and jesus but I've seen teams where you could go Saka, Odegaard, Jesus. And to me, that's absolutely fine. That could pay off. For large parts of last season, triple Arsenal attack did pay off. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to go triple attack. But what I would say, there's probably only a couple of teams I would do, do that from. It's probably the top teams with good fixtures. You could gamble in Manchester City, for example. You know, you could go Foden, Mares. Sorry, not Mares. Foden, Haaland. And maybe a Grealish or something like that. Um, but yeah, to me, Arsenal is probably the most attractive. Manchester United possibly, but they would probably need to buy a striker to make a, you know, a triple up attractive. You would go Bruno, Rashford, maybe whichever striker comes in. So yeah, I don't think it's too risky. Will I be doing it? Probably not. I'll probably probably go double Arsenal attack. I'm looking at double Manchester United attack as well with Bruno and Rashford's. Um, I probably do slightly prefer spreading it out a bit more, but it's mainly because there's good defensive options at these teams as well. Uh, um, so yeah, don't yeah, wouldn't be against it, but just depends on the teams. You know, don't don't go triple up, uh, don't triple up on Sheffield United's attack to start the season. Question from Joseph Tanner: Would you rather build a team with no Trent or no Salah? Uh, good question and again this is more of a strategy podcast but again that kind of does lead into strategy because it affects your team structure would I rather build a team with no Trent or no Salah I think the answer there is 
I've made, I've only made three drafts so far. I'm limiting myself to making one per week so that I don't over tinker this preseason. The three drafts I've made so far, none of them have Salah. Uh, I think two of them had Trent. So there's your answer. At the moment, I prefer building a team with no Salah because the way I think of it too, if you don't have Salah, you know, you save basically three or four million if you go that way. Whereas if you don't go with Trent, you're probably saving two, two and a half million. So, but again, like I said, I've built three three drafts without Salah. Draft number four is going to have Salah because I want to build one with him to see what it feels like and see you know how many corners do you actually need to cut to get him in. So yeah, the answer there is Trent has much more chance of being in my game at one squad than Salah at the moment. But I haven't ruled out going with neither because obviously cash is fun to play with if you don't have either player. A question from Doc. Do you think Haaland is worth the money? Personally, I don't. That's Doc saying that, not me. Doc says, personally, I don't, but I'll probably still end up owning him. City losing some. City are losing some fine midfield players, and Haaland seemed to be regressing to the mean in the last quarter of the season. I do think Haaland is worth the money, and it's quite simple. It's captaincy. Uh, I hate captaincy in FPL. I wish it wasn't part of the game, but when you've got an absolute animal in terms of goals who plays for the title-winning team from last season... It's just nice and easy. Uh, you know, I'm going to captain Haaland in most game weeks. It takes basically one decision out of the game. I think if you don't have Haaland, you know, I wouldn't stop anyone from doing it. There's plenty of different ways to play this game and you can make up your points elsewhere. But my worry would be if you don't have Haaland, you've got a big headache most weeks in terms of who do you captain because you're going to probably move the captain's armband around quite a bit in that scenario. So, yeah, for me, Haaland just makes the captaincy call easy probably in 90% of the game weeks throughout the season. So that's why he's there. Um, yeah, and hopefully he can have another big season. The final question is from John. John says, this should be my first normal FPL season with no COVID slash Monarch deaths. What should my wildcard, bench boost and triple captain strategy be for the second half of the season? Should I use any in the first half, excluding the first wildcard? So cover, kind of covered this one already. Uh, obviously, you do have to use your first wildcard at some point in the first half of the season and again there's no right or wrong time to do that if you find after three or four game weeks your team is nowhere near where it should be with all the new information uh, in terms of stats and watching games and stuff like that don't be afraid to wildcard early if your team is doing well and you feel like you've got most of the good picks after three or four game weeks just hold off and play your wildcard at some point at a later date in terms of a strategy you know for chips that will not we won't really know that until probably after Christmas time when we know more about the fixtures, which teams do have double game weeks and all that kind of stuff. So the beauty of the chips is you just forget. Basically, the best thing to do is just forget that you have them, stick them in your back pocket, forget that they're there. And then when we have information in you know the final third of the season, that's when you can whip them out and maybe overtake a few mini league rivals who use them early in the season. Thank you for the questions. I hope you found this podcast useful. I hope you enjoyed the tips. Any comments you have on the tips or the questions, just you know, reply to the podcast underneath the tweet and I'll get back to those. Three weeks to go. Like I've been saying all pre-season, don't tinker too much. Just kind of formulate your thoughts. But most importantly, enjoy the weekends without FPL because if you're new to FPL, weekends can be quite stressful when you're playing this game. So enjoy these stress-free weekends. Uh, you know, Consume some content. Don't overdo it. Um, ease yourself into the season. Uh, you know, pick and choose what you listen to and what you read and what you watch and make sure you've got a clear head for that you know, final week before the season starts because that's when the tinkering is really, really important. Um, have a good weekend, folks, 
and I will talk to you all again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.